there. Welcome to the She Begins podcast. Hi, I'm Jen Whitney. I'm a coach, a mom to a teenager, among other things. And I don't know about you, but I feel like the conversations that women can have together that I've had with my friends, that these conversations are full of gold, especially when we are supporting each other, when we're really listening, and when we let down our guard and share our experiences to help each other. I'm also slightly obsessed with the ability that we have as humans to constantly grow and evolve. That growth isn't always easy, but that growth always comes from a new beginning of some kind. So this podcast will be all about the good, the bad, the ugly, the funny, and the beautiful that happens when we begin again, start over or start a new part of our lives. The women who I get to interview and have conversations with are from all different walks of life, different ages, different hopes and dreams, but they share deeply personal stories with us about their journey, about their new beginnings, about what they loved, hated, learned, were afraid of, all of it. And they share that with us with the hope that their story will help another woman feel comforted, feel encouraged, feel supported and just less alone. Let's begin. Hello, welcome back. I'm recording this tonight in a nice little cozy spot in my bedroom with a glass of wine. And I hope that wherever you're listening, you have a chance to really take in what I hope to share with you. Um, I created this podcast because I wanted women to have a place where they could share their stories, good, bad, ugly, so that number one, they can share their truth and speak it out loud, even if it is painful, awkward, or confusing. And two, that these stories would help another woman see herself in the other story, grow to admire what that woman went through, and then admire her own strength and beauty a bit more. And so I was driving home from the gym tonight thinking about what I wanted to share with you in this episode. And what I landed on is this concept of forgiving our past selves. But even more importantly, falling in love with that woman who got you here today. So bear with me. I know the concept of forgiving ourselves can sound a little woo-woo. I get it. I felt like that for a long time. I felt the same way. Um, this concept of self-forgiveness really always eluded me. And I just want to put a trigger warning here now that I'm just going to share some things that I went through as a child and as an adult um, that could be triggering to someone if they're not ready for it. Um, they had a, a pretty profound and um, a, a, a profound negative impact on many parts of how I viewed myself. So long stories, short, sort of, I guess. I um, I grew up in a home with an alcoholic stepfather and the daily threat of violence against my mom, my brothers, or me. And so I learned during that time to stay as quiet as possible, stay out of the way, deny any expression of emotion. Um, I also experienced familial sexual abuse with someone through my stepfather's family from about the ages of six to eight years old. Um, and I recognize that these are not, unfortunately, uncommon experiences. Um, I'm sure that many of you listening have had, unfortunately, really similar things happen to you. And so it's not un, you know, just unique to me. That really isn't my point. So I'll get to my point in a bit. But as an adult, I 
now had control over my life as a young adult. So who was in it, my choices, my job, I had control over relationships that I chose to be in and stay in. You know, I had the control as an adult that I didn't have as a child. And if you listen to the very first episode of this podcast, you might remember the story of my ex-husband's betrayal and really the long, freaking excruciating journey over the three years post-affair to finally feel strong enough to walk away from him in that marriage. Um, so here's where it gets not so pretty. After my divorce, I chose a person who I knew pretty early on wasn't good for me, was somewhat narcissistic, but at that time, his affection, his commitment, it, it felt like gold. Um, I overlooked a lot. I rationalized a lot of his behaviors. I tried like hell to fix him, to fix us. And I even moved my daughter into his home after about a year of dating. Um, my job had switched to a different location. It was going to be closer to live with him. That was kind of the plan. And I moved in knowing full well that this relationship was um, toxic at best and doomed at worst. And I did it anyway. Um, God, this sucks to talk about. Um, within a few weeks of moving in together, I really knew in my core that this wasn't the right move. And I witnessed my daughter trying desperately to adapt to this new family where her voice was rarely valued. And um, again, this sucks. She saw me prioritize this relationship over her own emotional well-being. And I did this for months. And this will forever be a period of time in parenting her that I wish I could take back. I finally did leave nearly a year after we moved in. Um, the circumstances of that breakup were ugly, dramatic, and just um, humiliating. And so within weeks of that relationship, I jumped right into another relationship with someone who I knew, again, within days, wasn't going to really hold and cherish my heart. He was very um, intense. The physical attraction and chemistry was really intense. And um, we liked to do things together. We liked to go out and have fun and go on trips and go to places. And I didn't have that in my previous relationship. And so at that time, it, you know, the intensity and the, the passion and the fire seemed really attractive. Um, over time, his behaviors became really hot and cold, constantly um, judging me and my flaws. Uh, he was emotionally distant. He didn't obviously want to commit, um, but we had fun, lots of fun. I had wanted fun in my last relationship, so it really felt great to be able to do things together. And in the beginning, I really believed that the insight that he gave me about myself, what he told me about myself, was honest and supportive. Um, he had been through more relationships than me, was older, and really convinced me pretty easily that I was a weak person who had been through a lot and had so many demons that it would be hard for anyone to want to be in a relationship with me long term. Um, I never even know where I stood with him. But again, I uh, was desperate for attention, for interaction, for affection, that I rationalized the shit out of the constant gut feeling that told me to leave this relationship. 
even worse, I began to actually believe that I was very damaged. I was emotionally crazy. I was too far gone. And so then I began working as hard as I could to prove myself to him, to make him see I wasn't crazy, that I was a good partner, a woman who would be better to him than anyone else he had ever been with. And the problem, though, is that this bar that he set, this assessment of me from him was always changing, shifting. And so over time, I began to believe I should just feel grateful and appreciate that he wanted to spend any time with me. And that relationship continued for months, um, almost a year, actually. After it ended, I hit rock bottom and sought out professional help and began healing and rebuilding my life. Okay. Okay. So, okay, Jen, where's the self-forgiveness? All right. Let me explain. Um, during most of my life, I was disgusted with myself, my inability to protect myself as a little girl, my inability to leave toxic people, and just my overall feeling of being weak. And no matter how much progress I made through the years to get better, to heal and move forward and in a, a more emotionally healthy way, I always minimized that progress. Um, I always really felt contempt for the woman that put up with all of that, for the girl that put up with all of that. And I really lacked any respect at all for her fucking up her life. As I worked through trauma and therapy, I kept getting stuck on this idea that a good, healthy, worthwhile person would never have put up with all of that. And I kind of sneered at how pathetic that old Jen was. And then something came before me that literally changed my life trajectory and demolished this wall that I had been building between this old, foolish, weak Jen and my current self. So someone shared with me that instead of hating that woman, that she was actually the one who was with me the entire time, who got knocked down and got right back up, who took the blows, the abuse, the traumas, and still kept going. And to picture her as kind of a badass warrior, like Wonder Woman or a gladiator in the arena, who knew she was worth fighting for and would endure anything. And that despite her feeling defeated and rejected and unworthy, she still kept fighting. She made those hard decisions to leave when it felt impossible. She decided to make something of her life to be successful when all the odds were against her. She decided that despite all of the horror she went through, she made up her mind to keep growing and shining her light to refuse to give in. And she wasn't weak. She was doing what she needed to do in different moments to keep me safe or get me back to safety. Um, a friend gifted me with a framed quote a few years ago as a housewarming gift, and it really matched completely with this new perspective I had on this old, weak, pathetic Jen. Um, so let me just read it to you. And then I'll explain to you what it means to me and maybe what you might draw from the words. And it's a, it's a, an excerpt from a speech that um, Teddy Roosevelt gave. Um, and I'll just read it. So it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again. 
because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who actually does strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at best in the end knows the triumph of high achievement and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. I'm trying not to cry. I don't know why it gets me every single time. So my favorite lines here are whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood um, who comes short again and again and at least fails while daring greatly. If you're familiar with Brene Brown's work, um, this will be uh, very, very familiar to you. She's done a lot of work in this area. She's got a book even called Daring Greatly, which is, is fantastic. So this quote hangs on a wall that I passed each day to leave my house. And it's the first thing I see when I come home. And what it does is it reminds me that I am not a failure, a mess, a loser, a person forever damaged by the trauma I went through, that I am more than my mistakes, my regrets, my poor choices. It reminds me that I was that girl in the arena, marred by dust and sweat and blood, who kept getting the fuck back up. <sighs> Sorry. <clears throat> who refused to settle, who refused to be dominated or defeated. And that girl is a badass. That girl is with me every day. And the worst disservice I could do to myself is to not celebrate and marvel at all that she has accomplished. So I'll leave you with a few important points and questions from my perspective. First, where have you been the champion in your own arena? What did you endure to keep getting back up? And how can you honor that instead of beating yourself up? Two, the point in a beautiful and authentic life is to err again and again, to come up short, but still know your worth and how loved you really are by those around you. And lastly, where are the places in your life now where you see the arena, know in your bones that you are being called to enter it and fight for what your soul knows is meant for you? There might be something in your life right now that is requiring a bit of a fight and it's up to you to choose if you will enter the arena or kind of stand by in the stands watching. So I hope that this has been helpful. I would encourage you to enter that arena, shaking, scared, uncertain. You already have everything you need inside of you as the person who took the blows from the past but kept getting back up. All right, that's all I have. Much love and hugs to every one of you who listened. Um, sharing my experience and stories always feels heavy, uncertain, and a bit raw. But I remind myself that my whole purpose in this life is to make others feel less alone. And so I hope that helped you in some way feel less alone. So take care and I'll see you next time. Bye. Okay, that's all for today. I hope this episode helped you in some way. If you did like it, if it helped you or just made you feel less alone, if it made you laugh, I would be so honored, completely honored if you would subscribe, subscribe. I always have trouble. Let's begin that again. Subscribe. Subscribe. <laughs> 
subscribe, and maybe even leave a review. And if you are interested in being interviewed for a future episode, I would love to connect with you. The easiest way to do that is through my Instagram, which is at Coaching, J-E-N-L-Y-N-N Coaching. And again, that's the easiest way to get in touch. Feel free to DM me. I would love to connect and get to know more of you. And until next time, bye, my friend.